<laughs> I've never seen Nigel so serious. <laughs> when he was getting one, he was, yes! <laughs> and if he was just missing, he was going, oh! <laughs> hey, our side, losing the plot over here. <laughs> ah, well, I don't know how to follow that now. Good evening, everyone. I'll start with that. And then I'll don my glasses. I'm donning my glasses because my first sentence I've got done for you is... Don't Hi. Glasses. <laughs> don't, 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 don't my glasses. Don't your glasses. Don't my glasses. Oh, sorry. And I'll explain why you've done them. All right. <laughs> and I'll explain why you've done them. <laughs> because the first sentence I've got written down for you is I celebrated a birthday this week. Ooh. Yes, and my eyes, I feel I've got a little bit in there. <laughs> yes, well, anyway, I celebrated a birthday this week. <laughs> and on Friday... Me and the two friends I have known nearly all of my life went out to celebrate. Why I'm celebrating getting older, I don't know. I don't know what that's all about, but there we are. We're getting older. And we have a, um, what do you call it on WhatsApp when you have a chat? A chat, the group, a group chat, the three of us. And we've been lots of different things over the months and couple of years it's been going whether we cruise uh, cruising or like Jan, like Janice up there now or whether it's somebody's 50th birthday or something's going on but recently it, well since Keris has turned 50 I think she thinks you know we're really old and we're not our old but she's turned our status into the golden girls <laughs> which to me is um well, it's our, that's our sitcom about old women, isn't it? But although they are glamorous old women, so I'm uh, putting it down to that. But you know what? The older I'm getting, the more I'm thinking. And um, I do spend quite a lot of time thinking about what's gone past, what's going to happen in the future. I'm 52 years of age, I know. No, before you say it, I don't look it. And next year, I will have been married for 30 years. Oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s... <laughs> the 80s, which I would have considered my era... I love the 80s, I love listening to the music from the 80s, I love the look of the 80s, even though I think maybe it was where everything went downhill, but um, was nearly 30 odd, well it is 30 odd, nearly 40 years ago. I just... It's quite scary where all the years have gone. And when we get together as friends, we reminisce over old times. We guarantee a little story will come in from something that's happened, something funny or something sad. Um, we have memories which we will talk about. Some are good some are bad we have confessions that we make 
some are good, some are bad. And so many other things that we talk about when we are together. In fact, I don't know, it's a good job we only meet every couple of months because we that's how we talk so much, we've got so much to, to fit in. There's so many other things that we talk about, too numerous to mention. But since Friday night, I've been thinking a lot again. I'm thinking about my life and all those different things that I just mentioned and Terence saying that we, you know, he's losing the will to live. And, and, I, and I think that when I think that I used to dance in the discos in the 80s to Culture Club and Wham, and that's nearly 40 years ago, I've been thinking about my life and how God has been... I should say the main part of my life but there have been peaks and troughs and I would say but he has been a major part of my life through it all through all those years how God has been as I've been thinking about over these past years um, this week how God has been with me through it all and I have a testimony to God's saving and keeping power and that's just what I want to talk a little bit about tonight is what is God's saving and keeping power you know the definition of power is the ability or capacity to do something or act in a particular way and firstly then God has the ability and the capacity to save Save is such an old-fashioned word. I remember Terence speaking oh, a good few months ago. Uh, maybe <laughs> the way the years ago, and it may even be years ago, about how save is it's a funny word. You don't really hear it being spoken about today. It, but it's an, an, an old-fashioned word. But really, there is no better way to say it what God has done to us for us. You know, last week as Joel spoke, he told us about the greatness of God and he read Genesis chapter 1. In fact, he said he didn't realise how long Genesis <laughs> chapter 1 was. But isn't it a, a fabulous chapter? The, the first chapter of the Bible as we open the book and it's just, it's just so wow to think um, how awesome God is, God is and how great he is. That chapter just sums up his greatness in a nutshell. He's awesome. Do you know, this morning as I listened to Terence speaking, I sat there and I thought, God, you're awesome. You're just absolutely awesome. You know, sometimes we can't even um, put into words how we feel about him. There isn't a word, is there, that's good enough to describe him. But awesome is pretty, you know, it's pretty up there. He's awesome, this God, we know. And then I was thinking, oh, really, don't know. Because we only scrape the surface of knowing who he really is. And the power he has. And the Bible tells us, I think we've, I think we might have read it this morning, or we've read it some, sometime tonight, that we will only fully know when we are with him in eternity. Will we fully know the God that we love and serve? But tonight, I do know this. 
and I hope you were with me on this, that he has the power to save. So how do we know then and why has he got the power to save? Well, why is because we are all um, examples of his saving power tonight, because we are recipients of that saving power. If we have accepted him, um, and if we have had the personal experience of knowing sins forgiven. I'm just going to read, um, I got so many bits of paper in there, if I get them to go right, it'll be a miracle. It's funny, I am going for Zephaniah. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says, The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And that lovely picture um, for us here tonight. You know, the mighty one, he has saved us and yet he does all those other wonderful things. He's singing over us tonight. He knows exactly where we are, what our heart is, where we are. And he's, he's singing over us. But I'm getting back to this now. He is mighty to save. And do you know it doesn't matter if you're like Paul the Apostle, who we've heard so much about these last um, months, who describes himself as the worst sinner. Or, if you're like my brother David here, who is a goody two-shoes and always has been. It takes the same power, it took the same power and the same might to save. The precious blood that Jesus shed on the cross was for the good and the bad and the ugly. The righteous and the unrighteous. We all need to come to a place in our lives where we acknowledge that we need the saving power of God. And to be rest assured that he is mighty to save. And I think we were talking about this a couple of Thursdays ago whether you have a dramatic testimony and I've heard over my years um, going to different churches and different places I've heard some really dramatic testimonies I remember once hearing um, a testimony of a fella who had, well it would be easier to say what he hadn't done he had, he had been in gangs he had, done, he had done this, he had done that he had carried knives, he had he had injured people, he had put people in um, hospital, he had, he had done loads of things, and I always, I'll never forget it, he was re- only recently saved, Libim, and um, he was really going on, you know, about all these bad things he had done, and then he went, <laughs> and he said, and then I met Jesus and my life was changed. And that was it. Like. <laughs> so he was at, on his feet for half an hour. 27 and a half minutes of that was the gruesome details of his life before he met Jesus. And then two minutes. But you know what? He met Jesus and his life is, had changed. And, and that was a, a marvellous thing. And I viewed lots. I mean, um, we think of, um, what's his name? Eric Estrada. What's his name? Nicky Cruz. That's another thing. I, I probably told you that when I saw Nicky Cruz, I was so it because I really had this picture of Eric Estrada in my mind. <laughs> and he was—he didn't look a bit like that. Uh, he wasn't chips. 
Well, anyway, um, whether you've got a testimony like him that, you know, God brought him from the very depths of despair and he was into all sorts. This fellow was into all sorts. You know, and there's so many people who have, have, got, have got to rock bottom and, and God have met them and have picked them up. Um, or whether you've been good all your life. And this is where I remember us speaking about it on Thursday night. Like Terence said, he came to know the Lord when he was nine years of age. And yet, it's the same power. Mm-hmm. It's the same power that saved Nicky Cruz as saved Terence when he was nine years old. It took the same mighty power of God to save. You know, God doesn't have to flex his muscles according to who he is dealing with. The heart is corrupt, whoever we are. And the atoning work, the gospel in the nutshell, was achieved there at Calvary is universal and available to all. You know, Peter in his sermon in Acts 2 quotes Joel and says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm so thankful for that tonight to you, that whether you're good, you're bad, however, you're not too good, because some people think they're too good and don't need a saviour, and we've talked about that so much, and other people think they're too bad that no, no God could ever forgive them or love them, but thank God that his atoning work on Calvary covers everything, from the lowest to the highest, and I'm not going to mention ladders to we're not going to go down, down that road but we, we did talk about that as well on Thursday night, it doesn't matter if you've been, you know, if you're Mother Teresa or if you're somebody down there out that's serving a prison sentence on death row it's the same God and it's the same power that saves each and every one of us and Jesus still had to come for the good and the bad and to shed his blood for us you know, anyone here tonight who has yet to call on his name. Can I assure you, if tonight you make this decision, the Lord is mighty to save. He will be your saviour. I love that word. I love the word saviour. I love the fact that Jesus is my saviour. He's so many other things to me. He's my friend. He's he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's he's everything to me. But he's my saviour. He saved me from a very dark pit and put me on a rock and I'll be ever grateful to him all of my life and all of eternity. No, there's a song um, that Hiddle Songs sing and I just love this, it's this little uh, verse. He says, Saviour, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. He's the author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Thank God tonight that he is mighty to save. So what about God's keeping power? We are saved. What more do we need? You know, living within God's keeping power is so rewarding. And we miss out on so much security and peace of mind if we don't fully commit our lives into his keeping power. Did you know and are you aware of how much God is interested in us and our sometimes mundane day-to-day lives? 
Listen to this, I'm going to read one of my favourite Psalms. Psalm 139. It's one of my favourite songs we sing here, verses 17 to 18. This is God talking about us. How pre oh, this is David telling God how precious he is, he is to him. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God. God, creator God, thinks about me. His thoughts are so numerous that they are so great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. That's how much God is interested in us. You know, God is way ahead of us. He knows the beginning and he knows the end. Another thing Joel said last week, everything started with him and everything will end with him. He is the Alpha and Omega. He needs counsel from no one, especially us, about what is best for us. The key to God's keeping power, and I've got in brackets for you because he will keep us. <laughs> Whether we trust him to keep us or not, he will keep us. But I think we miss out on so much when we don't um, give him the ability to keep us. Um, the key to God's keeping power is being evident in our lives is trust. We've sung it, um, a few of our songs tonight have been about it. We need, we have to trust him. We have to trust him with our, with our lives. We have to trust him that he has our best interests at heart. And as we so often hear, that doesn't mean that we are immune <clears throat> from the sorrows or the heartbreak and disappointments of life. It just means that whatever it is we are going through, whether it be grief or brokenness, hurt, ill health, our worries about the future, many worries or unemployment, we trust. You know, it's hard. <clears throat> and sometimes it's really hard. Because we can't seem to find him, he may feel distant or even a million miles away. But he's there. And how do we know? Because his word tells us he's there. Um, it's one thing I've learned over the years and through different things that I've been through that it's not about how I feel at the moment. It's not about the thing that I'm going through at the moment and how that's making me feel. It's about the fact that I trust him. Uh, we sing, don't we, that we are trusting in his word. And that's all we've got. Sometimes that's all we've got. Because we can't feel him. We can't hear him. Maybe we, we've, we're full of, of hurt and, and questions and different things and we can't seem to get through. But we trust him. And we trust in his word. So let's have a little listen. And this is where all my little papers are going to come into play here. A little listen to what his word has to say. Psalm 40 says this. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. 
Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and again we have it, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Can we trust a God who says that? Hebrews 13 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So may we boldly say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalm 37 verses 39 and 40 says this but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord he is their strength in the time of trouble and the Lord shall help them and deliver them he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him Isaiah 41 verse 10 says fear not this is one of Janice's I know favourites fear not for I am with you Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 46, verse 4 says, and this is one for me. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to grey hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear even I will carry and will deliver you. And I can't leave this little section without reading Romans 8, verses 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can trust in his word tonight because what else have we got to be honest he has the words that's what he told the disciples you can go away and the disciples said to him where will we go are you with the, the one who has the words of eternal life you know we are maybe going through things that that are hard and and we are finding them sort of overpowering us but we only have him um to turn to my testimony is to the saving and keeping power of God. When I was seven years old, I had my first encounter with Jesus. When one Monday night, I realised for the first time just how much he loved me. And I cried the rain. Nothing new for me there, time. When I grew into my early teens, I didn't think it was cool to be a Christian and started to dislike the fact that I was different and that my mum and dad were different and that my brothers and my sister were different and I wanted to be like everyone else 
when I was 15 in the AOG conference, I had another experience of the love of God pouring all over me. And I rededicated my life back to God. I've had, I had ups and downs till then because still, even though I knew he loved me and I loved him back, I did, I loved him back. I loved him and I wanted to be that person that he wanted to be but I just wanted to be like everybody else as well and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. You know, I so wish I knew then what I know now that I was in God's hands wherever I was. Whatever I was doing, he had my hand and he was never, ever going to let me go. I just wish I knew that then when I was going through my troubled teens when my mother used to lock me out. (laughs) So the ups and downs, and then when I was 21, I really felt the call to go to Bible college, and I went to Bible college, and I had a fabulous time, and when I was 23, I got married to that lovely man over there. And I would like to say that those nearly 30 years of married life have been plain sailing, but I can't, (laughs) because ups and downs seem to be the the nature of the the testimony here. I got four beautiful sons that I love, but also drive me crazy at the same time, but wouldn't be without them Um, there have been times in those 30 years of marriage when um, I thought things would swallow me up but he's brought me through and I shared in all the different aspects of my life there have been times when I've wondered where God was other times when I've gone down a different road to which I knew he would have wanted me to go and there have been consequences to that. There have been times in my life when I've been proud, last Sunday night being one of them, and there have been times when I've been ashamed of my own behaviour. But thank God, in all those times, I have been experiencing God's saving and keeping power. God's saving and keeping power. (laughs) Nothing to do with me nothing that I have done or achieved and I, I tell you all now if he's, he's my pastor, he's my brother and I love him to bits but the teaching that we have had from you has changed my life for the better the teaching that we have had from this word to know to know that I am secure in him, there's nothing there's nothing like it there's nothing like knowing your security in God despite who you are because I know me I know who I am I know what I've done I know what I'm capable of doing and how I wish like I said earlier how I wish I'd known sooner that it's God's keeping power and nothing whatsoever to do with me but all done to him you know Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 6 that he was confident that God who began a good work in us 
and I can say that for myself, I'm confident tonight that God who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And that one day I'm going to see him face to face and he's going to look at me and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I just want to read Jude um, verses 1 and 24 and 25 to finish. And it says, To those who are called, sanctified by God, the Father, and preserved, and I've just written by you, kept in Jesus Christ. That's us. That's us. That's, we are sanctified by God, the Father, and we are kept by Jesus Christ. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy to God our Saviour who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forevermore now I thank God for his ability to save me his capacity to save me and I thank God for his ability and his capacity to keep me because I know I could never do it by myself and I just want to give him all the glory and all the majesty the dominion and the power both now and forever Amen Amen.